Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Agree to Disagree. Today, I'm your host, Jack Asello. With me, as always, is Noah Schwartz, Aiden Shard, and my man, Dean Gutick. We got a great show for you lined up today. We're going to talk a little NHL, some NBA, and give our week two of matchups and, pre- and preview and predictions for the NFL. We're going to start with NHL. And before we get into anything, I just want to say we normally save our winners and losers for the end, but I think the three of us can all agree that the biggest loser of the week is Mr. Dean. So I'm going to let you start with in the NHL. Rest Take in peace, away. my guy. Rest in peace. What Let's go song. Clippers, baby. Woo! And the sore winner. And here comes the not only LeBron fan, but the casual NHL fan. You probably never watched a whole Islander game, so no, let I did. the real Islanders fan speak for once. Now listen, um, this has been a horrible week for me in sports. Um, I, I just don't know what to say. First of all, this is going to be an interesting Stanley Cup final because you have the Dallas Stars who came out of nowhere. I mean, I'm pretty sure none of us picked the Dallas Stars. To even no, nobody expected it. I, I, I barely I even follow hockey, and I can say that much. Yeah. Dallas, Dallas not only beat Las Vegas, but they also beat Colorado, two favorites to come out of the West. Uh, Dallas, the experience kicked in. Um, America's team plays in Dallas, except the real America's team is playing in the finals, and their name's not the Dallas Cowboys. It's the Dallas Stars. And then on the eastern side, you got the team that's – done choking the team that is a powerhouse that beat my islanders unfortunately and Um, demolished my bruins yep that pretty much beat all of our teams after Um, they won you know what i thought of last night dean when uh when 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 lightning first won besides the fact the islanders lost the first thing that came to my head was wow this is just like virginia basketball you you get upset in this crazy way and then they go to the finals the next year i think dean actually mentioned that or maybe it was Jack, one of the two of you mentioned that in an episode uh, at the beginning of the playoff, I think before even the restart happened, like just when it was announced, they were like, you know, I think the light, this is going to be the Lightning's year. They, yeah, they lost in the first round last year and they're going to be like Virginia. They're going to win the Stanley Cup. I, um, I said, although I had the abs in the final and that didn't age well at all, thanks to Dallas. Um, I thought, I think, I, I mean, I know Aiden, you and the, the Bruins and the Lightning have a little bit of, a little bit of a rivalry, but I think after that abysmal choke last year, uh, one of the biggest letdowns I know. Oh, really for sure. Not the biggest choke. That happened no, this week. That, that was the biggest choke in No, NHL. the biggest choke. Was I think we can all was... agree 28 to 3. No. Yeah. I'm, never, I'm never turning no. back on that. Anyway, yeah. that's not the point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the NHL, know. the biggest choke was the Tampa Bay Lightning to the Columbus Blue Jackets. But now, after last year, the Lightning are on a mission. The Lightning are saying, we're done choking. We're here to stay. We're going to win the Stanley Cup this year. Uh, the Lightning are a complete team all around. Great coach, great goaltending, great offense, great defense, as much as it kind of pains me to say. I don't dislike the Lightning. I just – life's better when the Lightning lose. Anyways, um, I got the Lightning in six. I think Tampa Bay is taking the cup home. I really think Tampa Bay is on a mission this year. Tampa Bay is the best team in hockey. It sucks to say that the Islanders lost to them, but it's been a great year as an Islander fan watching them, especially – and I think Noah knows this too – before the season shut down, the Islanders run a seven-game losing streak. And then they come yep. into the bubble, and all of a sudden, they're playing like a revived hockey yeah. team, a new hockey team. But it's just unfortunate for them that they have to run into the best team in the NHL this like, year. They're and like the Phoenix Suns, but they went a little further than the, the Phoenix Suns. I'd did. say the Orlando, more so the Orlando Magic. But 
this, I mean, Tampa Bay is just the most complete team right now. I got Tampa Bay. I want Dallas to win, and I love when the underdog wins, but I think Tampa Bay is out for revenge this year, and they're going to take that title home. You know, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Dean. I wouldn't ahead, mind Dean. seeing Dallas win uh, because hockey and Dallas, something just is kind of funny about that to me. You know, it would be nice to see. Have, have, when was the last time the Stars won the Cup if they've ever won it? Do you know? Um, I think 1999. So it's, it's been a minute for them. Um, and you know, I, I, I think it would be fun to see, but I got to pick the lightning partially because I think they're the better team, but also I want to root for them because, and no offense, Dean and Noah, uh, I hate every New York sports team. Uh, and I am very glad that they beat the Islanders, even though they also beat the Bruins. So you're telling me you root for not only a team that's in your division, you root for a team that beats you. Yep. Come on. Man. Yep. You're just like, cause they also, cause they also beat Look New York. Stop it. Yeah, well. My hatred of New York is greater than my love for Boston. And I think that, I honestly think that's true. Wow. Wow. I'm going to say, I'm going to say. Dean, let me just mention this though. So we've got a, we've got a revenge at goaltender, right? In this series. Cause Ben Bishop, the former Tampa Bay lightning is now in Dallas and Dallas, we got that yeah. whole back and forth there. So that'll be an interesting part of this, right? Well, of course, but you know, the best part is Ben Bishop has not started. It's Antoine Kudobin who's been playing out of his mind for Dallas. Dallas, who's supposed to be a great defensive team. But when you look at this team and you don't, you don't see much, you don't see much big names, but it's the chemistry. It's the, the coaching. It's the, how do I say this? The experience that kicked in for Dallas in the playoffs and you saw it. And Reminds me of the Denver course, Nuggets. Kind of. And th- <laughs> thanks for mentioning that intentionally. Um, but here's the thing, though. In Aiden, you mentioned it's weird for a Dallas hockey team to make it. How about a Florida team in hockey making it? It's like the two. It's the Florida team versus the Dallas team. It's the best team in Dallas versus the best team in Florida. Uh, well, I can't say that for now because Miami, but I still think Tampa Bay is the best team. It might be the, the lowest rated Stanley Cup final in years oh, because of, just because of who's playing. For sure will be. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's yeah. the thing, though. The Lightning at least have always been at the top, whereas sure. Dallas has been like yeah. under Lightning, the radar. Lightning, so this is new. Lightning have been good for years. I must say, even though I'm not an Islanders fan, I root for the, the best team in New York, as you guys can see in, no. in my background, number one pick Absolutely. this year. But I was I'm not like a I'm not a crazy hockey fan, so I was rooting for them. I'd like I it'd be nice for New York to win. So I was upset. So I'm gonna be rooting for the for the stars because I I don't want the New York team to lose to the champion. So therefore that's the thing that really got me about the honors last night, I didn't mention this before, was just how badly they got outshot. It just seemed like for, it just seemed like for every for every shot the Islanders were getting, uh, Tampa was getting three or four. Just it, it was I couldn't take it. It was just they were on defense so much. The power play was horrible. Yeah, that too. Um, and even watching that game, I thought to myself, it seems like at this point the Islanders are just trying to hold on and not like show up for this game. I mean, when it was one nothing, I was like, okay, sure. But then you're just holding on for survival at that point. You're and although this is a different sport in soccer terms, you're parking the bus. You're just like playing defense. You're playing conservative, and you're just holding on for dear life. And that's what I thought the Islanders did. Tampa yeah, Bay Marlon kept them season. afloat for as long as they could stay alive. He he was yeah. great last night. Tampa Bay Tampa Bay's the better team, though. I hate to say that, and I know it sucks to see our Islanders eliminated, but Tampa Bay is a really complete team, and they're they're a fast team. Aiden, you can't talk. That's why the Bruins got lost in five to the Lightning in the second round. And Listen, that's why the Bruins are never going to win a cup with this team. Okay, okay. When was the last time the Islanders won the cup? A very long time. But I'm talking when about – When was the last time the Bruins won the cup? I think like oh, wait, t- 2010. 2011. All right. So, Fair enough. 
but you have had we way more probably, opportunities. We, we blew it last year. We were going to win it. Stop it. Listen, you've had so much more opportunities than the Islanders had. You've kept the same team for a long time, and the fact we that really you have one cup and you choked to the St. Louis Blues is pretty sad. Hey, it's one more cup than you got. True. Uh, okay. All right, so we can all agree we're going lightning, and I got, I got six. What do you guys think? Yeah. Good six. to me. Okay. All right. right. Moving on to the NBA, we will discuss. Uh, we're going to start with the Nuggets and the Lakers. Uh, the Nuggets, they have shocked this all this this entire postseason. They've done nothing but keep shocking the world. Being down three one to Utah, they they keep they keep scratching, they keep clawing, they don't give up, and they come back and they pull the big upset over the LA Clippers. And it was a very big upset. And they they don't look they don't plan on stopping where they are. But now the t- the task only gets tougher as they will take on the Los Angeles Lakers. I will let the sore winner of the group take over. Noah, begin. All right. So I'd love to talk about the Lakers Denver series, which starts about an hour. But I have to begin with another series that is just as important for me to talk about. Dean. I'd like for you to explain to me how Kawhi Leonard shoots one of 10 in the second half, how Paul George is throwing up bricks off the side of the backboard, how Doc Rivers has blown his third 3-1 lead in his career and second with the Clippers. I'd like to, for you to explain all that to me, but I know you don't have an answer for it, so I'll just quickly move on. The Lakers are going to win this series in probably six games. I actually think which that game one, which starts in about an hour, could be a really good opportunity for Denver to steal one. We've seen LeBron before, especially when his team is the heavy favorite. He usually likes to see in game ones how the other team defends him. He's usually kind of passive, likes to uh, get his teammates involved, see how they can attack, see if they can get going. And they usually kind of fall behind game ones. They lost their first two game ones of this postseason. I think Denver's got a lot of momentum. They've got a chance to steal one tonight. And I think that'll be a, a good start for them. But in the end, I just don't think Denver has enough, has enough to defend LeBron. They don't have enough to defend Anthony Davis. They're a little slow. They're not as long. I think the same issues that plagued Houston and plagued uh, in the Trailblazers in a lot of ways will, will stay with will stay with uh, with the Denver Nuggets. I, I don't think they have enough. And I think they can make it competitive, but I, I, at the end of the day, the Lakers are just too talented. And they have the best duo, and they have the two best players on the floor at all times. It's, it's, it's going to be a mismatch. What I just want to say is, you know, I don't think this is about the Clippers blowing it. I don't think this is about Utah blowing it. I think this is a story because that's been the storyline for the past two Nuggets series. It's been, you know, Utah blew it. It was now it's the Clippers blew it. It hasn't been the Nuggets are good. Yeah. It hasn't been the Nuggets are clutch, you know? Yeah. And that I think is a fault of the media, first of all. I agree with you. You know, that's also really, really putting a fire, I think, under the Nuggets. You know, they, they go in, everybody counts them out against the Clippers, or sorry, against the Jazz. Um, and they go down 3-1, everyone's saying, oh, Nuggets suck, Nuggets aren't going to make it. They go out and they destroy the Jazz uh, in the next three games, take the series. And then everybody is talking about how the Jazz blew it, not how the Nuggets won it. Uh, And the same thing happened with the Clippers. um, And nobody is talking about how the, the Nuggets are playing elite basketball when they're down in the series. They're just talking about how the teams they were that they beat blew the games. And so I think the Lakers have to be very careful to not go up 3-1 in this series. If that happens, the Nuggets are taking it, and it's not even a question. Oh, come on, Aiden. Um, LeBron James has never blown a 3-1 lead, and if he does, 
I, I'd have to just give it up to the other team because I, I would just Any, I'd be shocked. Anything is possible. You can't just I, say because he's never. I, I just think I think the Nuggets have have not gotten the love that they've that they've deserved in this postseason, um, especially just in terms of how incredibly clutch they are. Yeah, and also, um, well, no, no, no. Go ahead. I'm done. I agree with what you're saying. Also, the Nuggets, everyone doubts them, but when you look at their roster it's from top to bottom, they actually do have a very, very talented team. Obviously, it starts from Nikola Jokic. Jamal Murray is a very, very, very solid player. He's just below that all-star level. Um, Jeremy Grant is one of the, is a, one of the best, um, one of the, I think is very good 3 and D uh, big man. He's pretty good. Paul Millsap. That is Paul Millsap, even though he's aging, he's still been productive these playoffs. Michael Porter Jr., who I said at the beginning of these playoffs for the Nuggets, he was going to be the biggest X factor. And any game he's played well in, they've won. So pretty much I was kind of correct on that. Monte Morris is a very solid backup point guard. They could get Will Barton back in this series potentially. So that, that would be huge, Jack. I was going to mention that. That could be a big, big boost for the Nuggets. I'm going to say this series just goes seven because Denver just doesn't quit when they're with their, when they're, they've always been down, but they're never out of it. And the way they've been playing this in the second half, ever since the beginning of the playoffs, they just they're like they're like the Warriors, like the Warriors, like the first year they had KD. Just that third quarter, they just turn it to another level. That's what they've been this year. I want to say this series goes seven, but I got to give it to the Lakers. I will just say, Dean, before you give us your thoughts, yeah, I just want to make my official picks. If this game goes to seven, I'm taking Denver. If it doesn't, Lakers all the way, easy. Um. I mean, I'm going to have to agree with Aiden on this one. Um, Noah, thank you for mentioning my team, of course, has been, like I said, this is the Islanders one was depression part one of the show. And now this is for me is depression part two. So this, this is just great. What got to own it, Dean. You got to own I mean, it. Listen, listen, I'm going to face some music. You saw my, you guys saw my video on Agree This yeah. Free, but I got to admit that was, an, that was a horrible job and it was, I mean, I, like you said, I have no words because it's just, it's just stunning. There's some things that you just have no words for that you're just like so upset and you know unhappy that. And that's like I said last episode. Why does this always happen to me as a sport fan? Why do I get to witness the great collapses of all my teams? Um, and like you no, said, but, but seriously, Dean, no, like in all seriousness, that I team told was... you I'm cursed, and I told you on the before this. You you can't trust this team going up. And didn't I say that to you, Game Seven, even though they were no, up you five, did, you said, did. I but I, I just I, I thought they were going to win. But what you what, what it really proves is that when you take the entire regular season off and you literally only care when you face one out of thirty teams in the league, you can't win a championship that way because they slept the through their entire season. They slept through they two did. playoff rounds and it finally caught up to them because all they seemed to care about was Lakers, 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 Lakers. And when it wasn't the Lakers, they fell half asleep and were dead. Yeah, I was going to even say to you, um, and this uh, Kuzma said it best, honestly, as much as I don't like the guy, he was like, they were, we were focused on every team. They were focused on only us. And, and I was going to say, I felt like they just focused more on one team. They jumped the gun. They fall asleep, they fell asleep and you just, you can't do that in the playoffs. Yeah. It really didn't feel like they were focused on winning the, winning the championship. It felt like they were focused on being better than the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. But also just from the whole beginning, also like, it's like so ridiculous. Like Lou Williams, like when you just like before, like he cost himself two games. Like that doesn't show like you care about winning a championship. Like you go to yeah. like, Magic City. The only guy who really, in my opinion, had an excuse to not be like fully playing is Montrez Harrell. And you could well, see, he didn't play the whole bubble, I think. Yeah, and you could see how much of an effect that had on him. And I was saying, but, he was awful. But even even like in a case like Lou Williams, I mean, sure you do something dumb, you leave the bubble, but 
it was almost like, ah, whatever, we'll deal with it. We'll turn on the switch when we face the Lakers. You Never didn't even on. get the chance to. That, that's the problem. The only time he had a chance, he only turned it on was game four against the Mavericks, and that was it. When he had 33 points, I believe, correct me if I'm Yeah, honest. I think it was 36 points, but yeah, he, he was dominant in that game. That was the only game but, where he showed up, and that was probably the best game he's played all playoffs, but – um, Lakers Nuggets. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Aiden on this one. Um, I, overall, listen, I got the Lakers, but if the Nuggets force this game seven, or if they come back the same way, whether it's three one, three two, whatever, against the past two teams, then I might have to go Nuggets. The Nuggets are that team that can play under pressure, and they haven't got a lot of love. They haven't got a lot of respect. They've been overlooked, and I think now they're they're another team that you know. They're just ready to make a statement. This Nuggets team is going to get better, in my opinion, as the years go by. You got Michael Porter Jr., who's going to become a good player year by year. You got Jokic, of course. You got Jamal Murray. This this Nuggets team is going to keep on growing as the years go by. Yeah, definitely. I think we can all agree, though, that this Clippers offseason is going to be very, very interesting. Yep. They might trade Paul George. So I heard, I've heard rumors about it from different people. I, I, I think Kendrick Perkins was the one that said he heard that they may blow this thing up. I wouldn't, I don't think that's a smart idea at all because I but think I going into dead. next year, they'll I be ready, but anybody. that's just, I actually, there was somewhere that Kendrick Perkins said, I don't know if you heard this. No, I saw it on um, an NBA page. Perkins said somewhere that some executives believe that the Clippers could take a shot at Joel Embiid and they have just, just enough assets to acquire Joel Embiid. You know, See, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, that's my thought to myself. One, do you trust Embiid with this team? Do you? He, I, I mean, he couldn't play with Ben Simmons. You saw talk the talk about lack of focus. There's nobody who fits that category more than Joel Embiid. Yeah, that's that's yeah. another thing. And even with him in Philly, when he played with Ben, you never really saw the chemistry. So the, another problem to me is chemistry problems. You, if you saw the Sixers play last year, you'd you'd see you know one was better than the other when one was out or one was just not playing. Yeah, and what honestly, Gene? What as a Clipper fan, what did you think about the excuses that they made post game? Paul was like, "Oh, this wasn't championship or bust for us. Didn't feel that way." Doc was like, "Oh, you know, we didn't have the chemistry that we needed." And it was like, "Come on, guys, you obviously had championship or bust. Everybody knew this." And I know you're going to disagree with this, and that's okay. The second thing that you mentioned that Doc said, the um, no chemistry, I actually agree with. This team doesn't have chemistry. So what about the Lakers? They they're new team too. Yeah, but the Lakers, I feel like we're. The Lakers, the, Lakers, the Lakers had some sort of chemistry at the very least between coach and star last season. They, and there were, there are a few players from the Lakers team that were on the team last year. They had that chance to build up the chemistry and sure they got in a bunch of new players and lost a bunch of players with the AD trade, but they are much, you know, the, the Lakers went into last season or were, last season, the Lakers were centered around LeBron. This season, the Lakers are centered around LeBron last season, the Clippers were centered around Paul George, and this season they were centered uh, around Kawhi Leonard. No, Lou Williams, you mean? No, you mean Lou Williams. Sorry, Lou Williams. But also, I will say um, this. I, my, uh, my head is really fuzz, fuzzy right now. Sorry. I feel, I feel this also when it comes to chemistry, like the Lakers. With the Lakers, I think it's also a lot more simple because – hold on, sorry. I thought my mom was calling me, but never mind. Anyway, when it comes to the Lakers and the – Hi, Deborah. Yeah. When it comes to the Lakers and Clippers in terms of chemistry for the Lakers, it's a lot simpler because for them, it's just LeBron, AD, pick and roll, everybody else, stand in the corner, stand in the wings, and just catch and shoot. With the Clippers, you have like five or six guys that want the ball in their hands that that, that want that could potentially, if they want, they could take they have five, six guys that could take over a game. They could all score 20 points. Like there's Kawhi, there's Paul George, there's Lou, there's Morris. 
There's uh, there's Trez. They have a lot of guys, so it's harder. For, I think it's harder because every guy, every guy has a bigger ego and kind of wants to get shots. But it's up to Doc Rivers to control that, and he really didn't do a good job, in my opinion. You know, yeah. Can I make a bold prediction right before we head on to our next topic wait, just quickly? No. Yeah. If the Lakers win the title this year, the Clippers will win the title next year. I'm saying it right now. You know what? I, I'm, I'm actually going to agree with that. I actually do agree with that. But I want to say this, and I don't want to, like, interrupt anybody. I just want to say this before we move on, if you don't mind. I, back to answering your question, though, about Paul George's excuses. That I didn't like. I'm like, you can't make an excuse for a team like this. You had a lot of time to play together. You've took at least Lakers, you know, Jack, you mentioned they've been simple. There was no load management. You can't make excuses for you lost. You blew a 3-1 lead. You got to own up to it. And, you know, that it's like it's embarrassing that you're making excuses. There were some reports, though, and it's not just from one, but a few others saying the Clippers looked tired. And I thought even watching this game, the Clippers looked a little fatigued. But I'm like, that doesn't make – that's still that's not, not an excuse. excuse. And especially yeah. game seven – you can. There's no room for fatigue. You gotta give it your all. You can't say, "I want out of the game" or "I'm tired." It's it's do or die. If you want to have that mentality, that means you're asking to be sent home. Denver right. had played more games than you. I mean, they had played game I'm seven saying, already. Yeah, yeah, they, I didn't get that. They said it. I'm just saying, like that's asking to go home. That's yeah. not even asking to play. I gotta say, we'll, 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 one last point before we move on, and I'm gonna make another bold prediction right after this. Is Denver? It's very interesting. All their all their last four playoff series have all gone seven games, so they have played a lot. Last year, their two playoff series, they both went seven games. One of those games, they almost played like two full games in one. They had like a five overtime game last year. I remember that. That was epic. But anyway, that's all I want to say about that. And now moving on, I want to make to, moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll talk about this quickly. Miami and the Celtics. Uh, it's been it's been a close series. Every game has been very tight. Miami's pulled it out in the end. Bam Adebayo had one of the best blocks I've ever seen. And also, I'm going to make a bold prediction here. You, the Miami Heat. I remember saying in the beginning, I thought they were going to lose to the Bucks. I said they were good. They were a very good team. The only reason I didn't like them this year is because I thought they were too young and they didn't have enough experience on their side. But they are. They have completely shut me up. They have been absolutely sensational these playoffs. They have been the best team in the playoffs. They've only lost one game. And you really can only you can really say because the game they lost is the one Giannis went down. I think we can all agree that everybody thought it was over when that happened. So they kind of took their foot off the gas a little for that game, but they put it on they put it back on in game five and they showed clearly. But anyway, um, I'm predicting because I mean we obviously know tampering is going on in that bubble. So I'm sure Jimmy Butler is. The, if, if I'm him, I'm absolutely being the the biggest tamperer, and I am like I am on AD. I am on any superstar that's close to being a free agent that Miami is one superstar away, and I'm going to predict right now. Miami, my, The Miami Heat will have a championship within the next five years. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Aiden, I want to hear your thoughts about the Eastern Conference Finals as a Celtics so, fan. Jack mentioned a bit, a bit ago talking about the Lakers. I mean – oh, sorry, about the Clippers. That part of their problem is you have five guys who can put up 20 in a game and carry the team. The Celtics yeah. have the same yeah. problem. Yes, absolutely. They don't have – a superstar to build around. We thought that was going to be Hayward. We thought that was going to be Walker. We thought that was going to be Kyrie. It, no, it hasn't well, happened. Well, they have one. It's Tatum, right? We have Tatum, but... He's too young in, right now. We also have Smart. We also have Brown. We also have Walker. We also normally have Hayward. Uh, you know, we have... There are realistically five guys on this team who can be the best player in the game. And yep. Tatum is a superstar, but the Celtics have not built around his success. The Celtics have built a great team, but the problem is it just doesn't center around one person. And sometimes that's really what you want in the NBA. Um, you know, the, the teams that win championships tend to be those types of teams. 
you know, all around good teams with one guy that stands far above the rest. Um, and that's part of the problem with the Celtics right now. And yes, both of these games have been very close, but also we've, the, the Celtics have blown big leads in both games. We had a 17 point lead last game in game two uh, and ended up, you know, blowing that lead five minutes into the third quarter. It's, it's kind of ridiculous that we let that happen. And I can see, like, there were reports last night that Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown were in a fight. Uh, they were yelling at each other. I can see why that would happen. Both of them have given it their, everybody on that team has given it their all, and someone is letting them down. And they're all kind of letting each other down at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Although I want to say one thing. Well, no, finish. No, I, it's, we need, our third quarters have been where we struggled. We lost the third quarter in all seven games against the Raptors. Um, and even in the games we won, uh, we were demolished in the third quarter last night. I don't know about game one, but I'm assuming it was the same. Um, that's been our big, big problem. If we can come back and stay strong in the third quarter, the Celtics are going to have a chance to win this series. But the way they're playing right now, they don't deserve to win the series. Uh, and they're going to get swept. Of course, I don't want them to get swept. I'm, I'm picking Celtics in seven. I think that could happen if they can come back and win a couple games. But it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Yeah, I want to say two things about the Celtics. I obviously like the roster. They have a, absolutely they're, – they're going to continue to compete for many years to come. And they, I think their championship is definitely within their future in the next – five to 10 years, uh, as long as they keep uh, Tatum and, and all those guys. I think the, the biggest problem with their roster, like you said, they all, they have like five guys like that, but they have no guys that are like good role players. It's just them. It's yeah, they, just, don't, they don't have depth at all. They don't have any depth outside. And also, well, so like, and also I think like they're starting, they start all four of them right now. Well, obviously Hayward's not there. So you don't, Hayward, he them. is questionable for game three. They upgraded him, which is good good for the team yeah like i don't think all of them should be on should be on the court at the same time i'm not i don't know how you're gonna do that like because like i don't think all of them can get the best out of themselves like like kind of like what the like uh, the team i want to compare them to i want to compare them to like the the 2012 oklahoma city thunder there's a reason james harden came off the bench so that he can come in and he can be the best player and he can be the on-ball guy instead of having to be the third option to durant and westbrook i agree i agree i think i think they should start putting uh putting uh, Jalen Brown on the bench. Yeah, I, I think he's Jalen Brown is, is probably the third best player in the starting lineup for the Celtics. Yeah. I think Marcus Smart should be in there over him because Marcus Smart, he doesn't. Well, Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart has been starting. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think you, you put in maybe, you know, Wanamaker over Brown at the start and you cut down a bit on Brown's minutes that hurts, but then you have somebody to come in when Kemba is out, when Tatum is out, when Smart is out, you have someone who can come in and take, fill their spots. And you're not losing that much. You're not losing enough on off or when he's off to really hurt them. I think it, I think it could help um, having, having someone like him coming off the bench a little bit more. Yeah, but also I agree with that. And also, like, I got to say, like, I think Jalen should come off the bench. I think it's the Marcus Smart definitely should start over him. I think Marcus Smart, because also he's a better defender. Well, I mean, they're both great defenders, but I think Marcus Smart is, like, is like Pat Beverly with way better offense. I'm just going to compare the yeah. situation. But also, the biggest, another thing I think that really hurt the Celtics this year, this, this offseason, I mean, they had the made moves. Kemba Walker signing, that was a great move. But what really killed them, I think, is the, the, the Canner signing. 
They gave him too much money, and he's not providing for what the role. We barely played him. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't. He hardly does anything. He was supposed to be like I'm just saying. And honestly, I think if you guys kept Al Horford, who that's the exact kind of player you need, a guy who a guy who doesn't need to score 20 points, who could stretch the floor and can protect the rim. And doesn't they have that Daniel and, Tice. But, Tice but the problem with Tice like, is Tice is always in foul trouble. Yeah, always. He's not a defender like well, because Horford. he plays 40 minutes a game, he should be playing closer but to 30. Also, like you said, but, but who do we play? Cantor isn't good enough. No, well, Robert Williams should be going. Robert Williams, is I've said that. Or Jalei, really or Jalei could play small ball center. No, but I'm going to compare what you said in the, in the first round series. You thought Joel Embiid was going to have the going to average the most points ever in a first round because you thought nobody could stop him. The Al Horford, that guy that can do that. I'm saying they need to fill that center role. Like, I think yeah. this offseason they should definitely go after Marcus All. I think he's the perfect guy for them. But Anyway, back that, that's what I think the Celtics need to do. But they're they're very close. They just need to fill a few holes. They got to get like, they got to figure out how exactly to break out their four players. I think maybe they consider trading Gordon Hayward. I don't know. I he he only has I think uh, one year. Next year is his last year on his contract. Yeah. Um, I think it could help them to trade him away and get I yeah get a role playing like, center. Yeah. No. But also I trade him to get like kind of like what the in a way you could say like what the the Clippers did with Chris Paul instead of getting like a, like a super, like a young superstar, I got three really good role players. I mean, I'm not sure it's going to work out that way, but you know what I mean? You get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually completely disagree with both of you guys about the whole Jalen Brown bench situation. That makes no sense to me. Jalen Brown is the second best player on the Boston Celtics. He is a all defensive level wing. He is a stud on offense. He can shoot the three. He can get to the basket. He's strong. He can rebound. He can really do everything. There's no reason to take him out of the starting lineup. They have a better team than Miami. Miami is a couple of uh, crazy blocks from Bam Adebayo and a, and a, a step-back three at the end of regulation from Jimmy Butler. I mean, he doesn't shoot any threes. They're, they're, they're just a few little moments like that away from being up 2-0 in this series. They were I had a big lead last night. They blew it. They should stick to what they've done all season. They have been one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference because of their five best players. That's who they've relied on all year. They're going to get Hayward back at some point this series most likely. Stick to what you know. Stick to what you've always done. They'll move smart back to the bench when Hayward is back, or maybe they'll just bring Hayward as a six-man. We'll see. But they've got to stick to what they know, and that's that's what they've been doing all season, and that's why they won close to 50 games. They will actually – if they don't win this series, they'll probably take it to seven. They were – remember, they were up 2-0 in the last series, and then and the Raptors came back. So it can happen. I think they'll make the series competitive, and they're just a couple moments away from being up. So no reason to change anything. Brad Stevens got to stick to what uh, he has has gotten this team to do all year. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. I feel like the problem with the Celtics was, and Aiden, you mentioned this, was closing out games. I mean, there's two games where they've had a big lead. I think game one, they had a lead heading into the fourth quarter. and then I think, uh, we, had a, I think we had like a 12-point lead at some point in game one. Uh, yeah, and then the Heat outscored you guys by 12, and then you went into overtime. Uh, Celtics got to, you know, they got to close out games. I mean, honestly, I think Boston's going to bounce back. Like Noah said, anything can happen when you're down to a zip. Even the Raptors, although this is a different team, they were down to a zip last year, and they came back and won four straight games. The series is not done yet. Yeah, the, the, the Celtics got to close it out and maybe make a, a couple adjustments. But I think the Celtics are going to come back. I, I'm just going to stick with my gut when I said before the series, I'm going to go Celtics in seven. Yeah. And I think the one biggest thing for them, Aiden, is, and we've seen this all year from them, when they get all of their best players to shoot well, they win. When Kemba Walker was struggling, it was difficult because they were a little short on scoring. He shot well last night. He played very well. But, you know, Tatum, Brown, those guys missed some shots. So when you can get 
Kemba going. You have Tatum going and Brown on the wing. You'll have Hayward back. Marcus Smart's been bombing threes all, all, all postseason like he's Steph Curry. I mean, he's been doing that for a couple of weeks already. If you can get all those guys shooting well and then just get Tice to play 25, 30, 34 minutes maybe, just stay out of foul trouble, get Robert Williams agree. in the game, they'll win. They'll, that's, cut, that's how cut they're going to win. Tice's minutes and then – you know, I, th- I think e- either Brown or when Hayward comes back, Hayward has to come off the bench. Um, I don't think you can. I don't think you can lose Marcus Smart right now. The way he's been playing uh, offensively to back up his defense. You know, he he's always he, he's he's one of the best defensive players in the league. He has been this whole season. Oh yeah. And right now he's also playing elite offensively. You can't get rid of that right now. Yeah. Agreed. So Agreed. so that's what the Celtics have to do. And yeah. if they want to play smaller anyway. Because, you know, they are, they're mostly a small team to begin with. They don't want to play Tice as many minutes. Play Ojale at the five. I think that would be a good idea. That could, that uh, could play Jalen Brown at the five. Bring Wanamaker into the, into the lineup to close games out. There's a lot of things they could do just to be a little more versatile and uh, get more out of their bench because they don't get a lot out of their bench. But if they do, they'll win. Yeah. Also, I want to, want to say about the Miami Heat in terms of their roster. Like I said, I think they're a superstar away. One thing they definitely shouldn't do, though, don't try and trade for an all, like a superstar this offseason because you have a great, great core. Or everybody just understands their roles, I think, so well. You just need to wait. You need to sign that. You need to sign that third guy. You can very well. You have a chance of winning the championship this year. I don't think you're going to do it, but I, th- I think they're going to get to the finals. I think they're going to take it in six. As at this point, that's just my opinion. But that's the biggest thing for them. Just don't do that. And Jimmy Butler, I must say, everyone talks about Chris Paul and the effect he has on a team. Jimmy Butler cannot be overlooked on his leadership and what he gets out of everybody. Even Duncan Robinson has been shooting pretty sharp. Duncan Robinson is one of the best shooters. Dragic has been playing good. This heat, this is, you know, opposite of the Clippers. The Clippers have been sleeping. The heat have woken up and they, they're another team. I feel like that got overlooked besides the nuggets. The heat are definitely a sleeper team that got overlooked. And now they're playing at a, they're playing the best, arguably the best basketball right now that they can. Yeah, and last point before I move on, I just want to say I heard this on the radio today, and I really love the point that uh, Justin Termine made of NBA Sirius XM NBA Radio. He said that he really liked what the Heat had coming into the bubble because when you're not playing on the road, you're playing with no fans, it allows your young guys, and obviously the Heat have a young roster, to not deal with that immense playoff pressure of playing in opposing arenas. It allows them to be comfortable, and we've seen it, Tyler Hero, Robinson, the other young guys, Kendrick Nunn has had some nice minutes off the bench recently. When you have when you have young guys, it's better when they're playing in environments where they're not uh, a lot of pressure on them, and the bubble has allowed them to do that, and that's why the Heat are winning. Goran Dragic has been an ultimate X factor for them. Yep. But anyway, okay. moving on, we're going to move on to the NFL. I'm sure so we're going to go over all of our teams' games, and we'll go over some of the key games of the week. So uh, we'll start with uh, Noah and I. So we'll start with the Jets and 49ers. I'll start this one. This game is going to be an absolute joke. Um, I hope the Jets get blown out like 62 nothing. I would love that. And I just want to say Adam Gaze is lucky that there's no fans in this, no fans in this game, because I guarantee we're going to, in unison, every fan in that stadium will be chanting fire Gaze. But, and also another thing I just want to talk about, the Christopher Johnson coming out and saying that, oh, 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 obviously, oh. Obviously, you have to like support your head coach. I know you're not going to fire him yet. Like, you obviously say like he's not going to get fired. There's no like playoff mandate. I mean, you should say there's a playoff mandate. Why don't Why not install some fear in this guy? So maybe he'll change his ways. Like, think my job is on the line. But anyway, to come out and say that he's brilliant. I mean, I wonder at night if he like looks in the mirror and thinks, "I really said that. I said that." <laughs> it was such I, a joke. 
It's like, and everybody in the media is bashing me. I came out and I actually said that. But anyway, I'm not gonna go into, I'm not gonna go further into detail about that. This game's gonna be an absolute blowout. There's nothing even to talk about. The 49ers. Yeah, I think move we on. All agree. Move yeah. on, Jack. Yeah, 49ers. Moving 49ers. on, uh, we'll go to the, we'll start with we'll go with Aiden. We'll go with the Monday night game, the Monday New night. Orleans Saints at the Las Vegas, or I don't know if it's home. Las Vegas, yeah. Yeah, in Las Vegas against Derek Carr and the Raiders. This is going to be a tough game for the Saints. Six stadium. Six. It's going to be a six stadium, and it's going to be a tough game for the Saints without Michael Thomas. I mean, the Saints offense last week, and, and they did win pretty handily over, over the Buccaneers, but they're, they weren't great. Drew Brees didn't look great, uh, and Kamara didn't have a ton of yards on scrimmage. I know he had some touchdowns. So without, without Michael Thomas, who struggled last week, I mean, I don't really know who they're going to throw the ball to. They, don't st- they still don't have an elite number two receiver, even with Emmanuel Sanders. So – I don't know. I could I could see the Raiders winning this game, stealing it on. I can definitely see the I can definitely see the Raiders winning this game. Uh, I am definitely afraid of uh, Josh Jacobs. I mean, Ronald Jones ate up our defense last week. Eh, not ate up, but you know he 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 did pretty well against our defense. Uh, And Josh Jacobs is significantly better. Um, So you know, keys for the Saints to win this game. Obviously, I would love to have Michael Thomas. He he says he's hopeful to play. The Saints say he's doubtful. I trust the team a little bit more. Uh, even if he does play, even if he is good to play, I wouldn't want him playing. Yeah. Um, I think keys for the Saints, one, get the ball to Sanders. He is a great receiver. Yeah. Um, two, protect Drew Brees. You got it. You got to keep that O-line up. And three, uh, at the very least, we got we to gotta sack Carr a couple times. Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to completely stop Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Um, we have gone uh, two f- or since I think November of 2017, the Saints have not allowed a 100-yard rusher. Um, so that is an incredibly impressive streak. Will that they've held that up against some against Christian McCaffrey multiple times, against Devontae Freeman, against Todd Gurley. Yeah. Um, you know there have been some great running backs that have gone up against that. We'll see if they can hold it up against Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I want to say I'm going to agree with you most, mostly. I'm going to say the Saints are going to win. Just overall, I think they're the better team, even though they're missing some pieces. And I just want to say uh, getting rid of Larry Warford right now looks just really d- dumb right now to me. It, it always looks dumb. I don't Especially care. when you're not starting the rookie that you got to replace him. I don't understand. Yeah. The He's, uh, I believe I believe he, he was, was hurt, though, Ruiz. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he, he uh, might he play this week, oh, I heard. I didn't know that. Okay. so he's Yeah, injured. Ruiz is injured. Right, I didn't know that. But yeah, I can see the Saints winning. It'll be a close game, I think. Yeah, it's gonna be a close game. But overall, they're just a better team. They have a better defense. Henry Ruggs is Henry Ruggs is questionable. Then I think he has a bad ankle. So Marshawn Lattimore should blanket him the whole game. I don't like Derek Carr that much. I think he's his time is coming to an end. I thought it's been coming to an end the last like couple of years. The Saints should take this one. If we got two picks against if we got two picks against Brady, we can definitely get a pick against Carr. Yeah, I mean, right. the Raiders are the Raiders are a decent team. The Raiders are a decent team and could well uh, very well make it. But I got the Saints; they'll bounce back. Yeah. All right, going to the Buffalo Bills, Dean. Um, wait, who are they? Who's their matchup this week? Miami. Miami. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh God! Uh, I'll take the Bills in what should be a wipeout. Yep. Here's the only problem, and it's not really a problem that Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano are not playing, so they're not going to really have any linebackers. But besides that, I really think that they're going to they're pour it on. I think they should have won by more last week against the Jets, and I'm pretty sure they're going to do that this week against the Dolphins. Um, this Dolphins team is not ready. I think after this week, 
I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I think by week four, Tua is going to come in and take over, similar to a Baker Mayfield situation. I, I think, think after this week, uh, Tua is going to come in. I think Tua is going to come in during the game. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be in by the fourth quarter. Um, and he's gonna get he's gonna get pounded. Uh, he's gonna get demolished by by yeah. the pass rush. I would not I would not put him in a game where he's coming but, in. He didn't take first first string snaps against tough Buffalo defense. I don't think that's. But yeah, I agree also you know Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick threw three picks last week. Um, he's probably gonna throw a couple more this week. If he throws three picks again before the fourth quarter, he's out of the game. There's- Hold on though. Wait, 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 wait. Before I mean I said I think it's gonna be a wipeout and we're all kind of counting out the Miami Dolphins. But what if Fitz has his annual four hundred yard five touchdown game that he has seemingly once every September and they ended up win- and they end up winning? That could That'll also be happen. Fun to watch. So we'll see. Because uh, it happens every year. You guys know it. Yeah. All right. There's uh three games. There's three more games I want to go over. I forgot to mention quickly, I'm sorry, that Josh, uh, fun fact, and I read, read this today, Josh Allen puts up the most yards against the Dolphins, which is like the best as a, Q, uh, as a QB versus any team, or at least I believe it. Dolphins, so. Yeah, you can believe that. But their defense is better this year, so you never know. True. Right. Anyway, moving on, I want this to be more games I want to go over. Um, we'll start next with uh, the Rams and the Eagles. This should be a pretty good game, in my opinion. Uh, the second, This will be, I think, the second duel between – Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Carson Wentz has got to have uh, some scary thoughts as this was the game that he tore his ACL and probably cost himself an MVP. But it should be a battle. The first game was an absolute shootout and one of the most entertaining games of that year. So I'm going to go this game. Um, I'm going to go with the Rams. Rams coming off of a big moment, big, a big win against Dallas. Uh, they had a lot. They, they, they played really well. They looked like the Rams from the year they made the Super Bowl. Eagles are coming off a game where they blew a 17, nothing lead. I don't think momentum's on their side and I'm going to go with the Rams. The Eagles are too beaten up to win this game. Um, it, that's, Whoa, that's hold problem. on. Carson Wentz has had to win games where his team's beat up. Aiden. I know, but, but against this, against this roster, against this team, it's going to be when you're tough. Beat up, when you're beat up and Aaron Donald's coming at you. True. That's, this is true. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm taking the Rams. Yeah. I got the Rams. I got the Eagles. The Eagles are too good to go down 0-2. They're not going to be 0-2. And they're, they're, they can't win the division. If it's it's going to be way harder to win the division if you go 0-2. Uh, not right now. Not in this division. Not in that division. You I don't know. Dallas that, has an, easy, has, has an easier matchup this week. Season, you could start that season 0-5 and, and win that division. Potentially. We'll see. I'll take the Eagles in a close game, though. Next, next game I want to go over is probably the best game of the week. It's a battle. Uh, it's going to be the QB showdown. It's going to be Lamar Jackson and the Ravens versus Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. I'm going to go with the Ravens, obviously. Both teams have well, – both quarterbacks are both elite. Ravens overall should have a better team and better coaching. Got to go with the Ravens. Ravens by 30. Ooh. Yeah, I agree. I, especially after that game last week, the Texans play and the O-line the Texans have abysmal. And they're going to play a Ravens team that's not only improving, a Ravens defense that's going to be fierce this year. Yeah, four Ravens sacks are, last week, and I they are ready to go. The Ravens and they have the are already in form right now. The Ravens, Ravens are going to beat the Texans. Imagine they, they kept Earl Thomas. They still have the best. They have the, one of the best pass rushing units, and they'd have one of the best secondaries. They still have the, maybe the best secondary. Their corners are elite. Their corners are locked down. I like the Sean I mean, Elliott they're seeing. I want to say – um, I'm actually going to disagree with you guys. I think Lamar Jackson is going to have the best game of his career. Um, he's going to be absolutely insane. But Deshaun Watson is also going to have the best game of his career. Um, Kenny Stills, or sorry, not Kenny Stills, uh, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, uh, and Randall Cobb, they're all going to be 
mad that everybody was uh, talking crap after last game. David Johnson is gonna is gonna have his best game since 2016, uh, and it's gonna be an absolute shootout, high scoring, amazing game to watch. No defense. Uh, you think yeah. the Texans will win? I take. You're I'm taking the Texans. Respecting the Ravens defense. I, I hope. All right. You're right. I hope you're right. I love to see a shootout. I drafted the Ravens defense, so I'm kind of hoping I'm wrong, but that's yeah. the game I'm expecting. <laughs> and, fi- and finally, the last game I want to go over is the Sunday night battle between the Seattle Seahawks and the one and Cam Newton looking good in new England so far. Um, I got to go with Seattle. I think Seattle overall, I mean, I don't know. I think their roster is just better. New England doesn't have half their roster. Seattle still has most of theirs. Their defense looked really energetic. Jamal Adams looked like an absolute stud. <laughs> Um, but anyway, he looks like he could be like a defensive player of the year this season. He looked all over the place. And Russell Wilson, just obviously he does what he does. I got to go with the Seahawks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you there. Um, I think it's going to be a close game through three quarters, but when it really comes down to it, Cam Newton does not have what it takes yeah. to win games when he needs to. And then he really played a good team last week. The Seahawks are a good team, so let's see how Cam does against a good team. He only threw the ball, I think, 19 times, so yeah. it wasn't even yeah. a lot of pressure for him to, for him to really Seahawks step up. Seahawks are not going to roll over like the Seahawks are not going to let that slide. Yeah, yeah agreed. Absolutely. And I think I think what we might see in this game, just as we saw last week, which I was really happy about, was for what might be the first time in in Russell's career, we really saw Pete Carroll open up the playbook for him and just let him go from the from the start. Usually they're a run heavy team, and Russ is kind of hides in the shadows behind the run game. This week and last week, I hope you know as we saw, hopefully they let him throw. You know they let him find all those receivers that he has now Metcalf and Lockett and all them. And I hope that it'll be a, a kind of a shootout. They'll really attack Belichick's defense and see what they can do. I'll take the Seahawks also. Yep. Yeah. All righty. Um, any other games anyone wants to cover? I'm all good. Well, Atlanta's going to beat the Cowboys, but that's it. Oh, I, I, I got to say no. I mean, the Cowboys can't go down. Oh, too. I don't know. All right. Keep going. All right. Um, all right, let's go uh, winners and losers quickly. I believe Aiden and I are winners. Um, I guess I'll start. Um, my winner this week has got to be Joe Buck being elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Congratulations to him. I know a lot of people don't. We make fun of him, but we love yeah. him. People make fun of him and people bash him. But I, I, I have, and I've been one of those people, but I have to say there's been plenty of moments that Joe Buck has called that have become iconic. I, don't, I, wouldn't, want, I wouldn't want to have anybody else call the Minnesota Miracle in that situation. The mo- one of the most iconic moments in, in the game. So congratulations to Joe Buck. Well-deserved. Absolutely. Dean you had to remind me, didn't you? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Dean. <laughs> For Aiden, uh, loser. Uh, Jack said it earlier. Myself, because uh, many things happened this week. The Clippers lost. The Islanders lost. I lost in fantasy, and to not only make matters worse, I unfortunately witnessed Rodrigo Blankenship miss his first field goal from the twelve yard. <laughs> that's true. It was really painful to watch, and that's that's not what I wanted to see, but. It's okay. He's going to bounce back this week. The goggles are going to come full in, in full effect. Uh, my winner this week is uh, baseball fans. Uh, last last night we saw, or was it two nights two nights ago? One of the pettiest uh, and also best ejections. Oh, hilarious! Uh, so funny. History. Josh Donaldson um, rips a home run. He's been mad at the ump the whole game, runs home, kicks dirt over the plate, 
and the ump just immediately sends him. I think that's got to be the first time someone's ever gotten ejected following a home run. No, but you got to tell the whole story, Aiden. He ran past home plate and then came back. He he ran past home plate. It looks like if you watch the replay, it looks like he actually missed home plate because he was trying to kick the dirt over it. So he ran back and tagged the plate, but the ump ejected him before he touched the plate. So he actually got ejected while running around the bases. (laughs) Like the run shouldn't count then. That's so ridiculous. No, I think it. Did, I think it did count. Yeah, that was that was fun for me to watch. I like it. Right. And my loser for this week is all NBA team voting. It is such a stupid process. I absolutely can't stand it. We saw so many guys who should have made it on there didn't just because we have to do positional designations. We got to do centers and forwards and guards and split it up that way. Ben Simmons did not deserve it this year. I agreed with you. Rudy Gobert shouldn't have made it over his teammate, Donovan Mitchell. Chris Middleton, nearly 40, 50, 40, 90 club should have been on there. So that's my loser. Oh, wait, it's actually not. It's the Clippers. Keep going. We're done. Goodbye. Uh, This is a good episode. I just said Dean, but that's okay. Yeah. Way to rub it in, Noah. All right. You are. This has been another edition of Agree to Disagree. Follow us on Instagram at agree to disagree underscore VIC. Follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. Follow our friends at 1306 Sports on Instagram. Also, check out my week two stardom sit-in. That is on the Instagram page. I posted it yesterday, and I will be doing that every week on Thursdays. So check it out. Until next time. Peace. Next time. Have a good one, everybody.